Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. Once again, the injuries are racking up this week. We are without our fifth member for the third straight week, I think. This time, Jared is gone. I was thinking if we keep this up for two more weeks, we'll have a perfect A-B test to see which person adds the most value to this pod. <laughs> if Lucas <laughs> and Wyatt can keep it up. Yeah. Wins above replacement. Yeah. Anyway. Exactly. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Listen to uh, replacement. <laughs> this has been our most listened to month ever, so I don't know. I oh, love it. Well, yeah, what does that say about four-person pod? <laughs> As always, let's do some news we missed first. Uh, in the tennis world, we talked recently about Serena retiring. Well, another GOAT just retired. That's Roger Federer. He played his last match. Sad day in the tennis world. Went out on a bit of a low because in this cup, the Laver Cup, I think it's called. The mm-hmm. It's Europe versus the world. It's Team Europe versus Team World. <laughs> and I think Team Europe had won like the four years this cup had been in existence. And mm-hmm. Team World, shout out us, we're Team World, I guess, <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> won this year. So it's a, a rough way to Roger, for Roger to go out. But, you know, <laughs> I think Wait, it's but a bit it, bigger yeah. than that. <laughs> he, he, he and Nadal weren't like the only european pair right or were they nope yeah it was like a whole team thing but they did lose too so they contributed to this loss okay exactly. this is on him i hope he feels it yeah <laughs> who did they lose to do you know even? uh tiafo and i think jack sock so two americans okay. so shout out america we make up the rest of the world i guess you know <laughs> it's, we do. it's pretty much just us and i don't know australia i saw there were those videos too of like federer and nadal like crying yeah. together too which was their friendship awesome. is super cute. It's yeah. honestly bro goals. Mm-hmm. Agree. For sure. Um, and then otherwise, we just have some NBA news, some drama specifically over in the Celtics organization. Ime Udoka is suspended for the season. A big punishment for what, I, as far as I know, is still sort of ambiguous of what he did exactly. Like there are rumors that it was like related to infidelity kind of thing right some yeah yeah he had a relationship with someone who's in the front office and also i think the the woman who he had a relationship with then later complained about comments that he made toward her is what i've heard yeah. so far maybe after the fact um, but yeah yeah that's what i'm vaguely aware of too yeah i mean i think it's kind of crazy that they just like they try to get out of it and it's a big deal so no, that really was like a come out of nowhere story. I was like, yeah, yeah. jeez. It was so like ominous the night before where yeah. it was like, you know, Doka has been, looks to be, have a long suspension for unknown reasons. Like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. what happened? <laughs> Potentially, the punishment came in light of something that happened over in the Suns organization, which was the Robert Sarver news. Uh, and in light of all that, Sarver said he's going to be selling both of his franchises, the Suns and the Mercury franchises. So, that's pretty big news, and that's not even the end of the Suns drama because DeAndre Ayton, I think, interview started today. There were a lot of NBA player interviews going on, 
And DeAndre Ayton said that he and Coach Money Williams haven't even spoken since the playoffs, despite uh, obviously Ayton got re-signed this summer after the Pacers offered and the Suns matched. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Big yikes. Suns organization is a little bit of a mess right now, but good riddance to Sarver, that's for sure. Exactly. That's how I'm feeling as well. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can. I, I want the Suns to be successful in, in the playoffs, but... Yeah, it's kind of funny because, um, or I think this will be an interesting case study because typically when people sell teams, I feel like they're selling a bad team. That's not yeah. always the case, but a lot of times they're selling a bad team. And the Suns right now, you know, maybe their future outlook doesn't look as positive, but they're a very good team right now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not up on the Mercury. I need to, yeah, my WNBA knowledge is not as good as it should be. So I'm not sure where they're at, but the Suns at least have some value. So I'd imagine that, yeah. There will be some buyers. Yeah. Yeah. And Dan Tarasi plays for the Mercury. So mm. she's pretty good. She's still going. Heart. Oh my God. Yeah. I had to look it up because I'm like, she can't not realize that. Playing, right? Yeah. Cause I, and yeah, she is. I think of her as like she's older 40. than Sue Bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she's 40. So oh it's crazy. God. Shout out. Um, okay. Well, that wraps it up for the news we missed for this episode. Let's dive in to our first segment. MLB talk. You guys know how much we love our MLB talk. <laughs> uh, specifically, we're going to talk about some sluggers. Aaron Judge and Albert Pujols have both made the news recently because they both hit individual home run milestones recently. Judge hit 60 on the season, and he's still at 60 as of the time of this recording, whereas Pujols reached 700 for his career. So, Lucas, let's throw it to you first as our token Yankees fan. <laughs> Which one of their milestones do you think is more impressive? All right, so let's start. We'll just look at how many times each one of these things has been done. So 700 home runs has been done four times, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, and now Albert Pujols. If you want to adjust for steroids, you chop Bonds off the list. We have it down to three. 60 home runs a season has been done eight times. Judge now, Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, Sammy Sosa three times, and Mark McGuire twice. If you want to adjust for steroids, you take the three Sosas, the two McGuires off, and you have three. Judge, Ruth, and Maris. Um, all Yankees, I might add. Um, so I think oh. <laughs> uh, it is genuinely important in considering like how you view this um, and considering how much you value the steroids records and if you see them as in any way legitimate. Because if you include the steroids numbers, it's far less common to do 700 home runs than it is 60 home runs. But if you cut off all the steroids records, it's equal. They've only each been done three times. So I think, you know, factor it in. Think about how you feel about the steroids before we move forward. I think the only knock against 700, I'm going to say 700 is more impressive than 60 in a season. Um, the only knock against 700 is that it's kind of a longevity stat in the sense exactly. that it's like you can only hit it if you're around for a long time. But I think that's a kind of a weak knock against it because you still have to hit a lot of home runs every year even to hit 700. So I think like the longevity of it combined with the fact that only three other people have done it um, is the reason why I'm giving 700 the edge and pool host is a more, you know, impressive accomplishment. I feel like that's why at least the, the Pujols 700 chase did get less media coverage, I think at least, than the Judge mm-hmm. 62 chase, I guess. Um, yeah. Honestly, like, I'm not sure which one's more impressive, but... I think Pujols's to me is more impressive than the usual hitting 700 or some milestone just because I did not mm-hmm. expect it to happen at all. Mm-hmm. Coming into the season, 
Like we're a mm-hmm. year removed from Pujols hitting under 200 with the Angels being released, um, which I think the answer here is clearly that the vibes are off on the Angels, always have been, will continue yeah. to be. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But I think that's what makes this one extra special is that did not see it coming. I thought he was going to come up 10 home runs short. Um, he's just been kind of, I feel like, running on fumes for a few years now and just really resurged. I have some numbers to back this up. Actually, I was looking at his seasonal stats. He's hitting uh-huh. 264 this year, which like isn't great uh-huh. in and of itself, right? I mean, it's fine. Uh-huh. But he's uh-huh. hitting his best in in seven seasons. Like he hasn't mm-hmm. better than this in seven seasons. Wow. He's only had four seasons ever, if my numbers are right, where he had more yep. home runs per at bat. Yep. So it's like he said one last hurrah. I'm gonna actually play well <laughs> again. It's it's very strange and surprising, like you said, Aiden. Yeah, and I was gonna talk a bit about this later when we. Um, discuss if pools is the best hitter of the 21st century but pools is like it's amazing that pools career lifetime batting average is career lifetime it's a little bit redundant but <laughs> pools <laughs> okay. career batting average is 296 um, and he has not even been close to 300 in since like 2010 he has not hit over 300 since 2010 and generally mm-hmm. has not been close like at all uh, which really goes mm-hmm. to tell you how good he was in the early 2000s yeah crazy i do want to chime in in defense of judge though because uh-huh. i think people people are underappreciating how well he's hitting and also like how good of a hitter he's been in his, his whole career i looked at the the at bat home runs mm-hmm. per at bat thing again and even if mm-hmm. you take out mm-hmm. like it, over his career judge is obviously better because pools has now played mm-hmm. 22 seasons but even if you just look mm-hmm. at their first seven seasons judge is a better hitter per at bat and so, like, yeah. he, he would plausibly reach the same milestone even sooner if he played for mm-hmm. the same amount of time. And also, like, not even getting into the nitty-gritty stuff like that, like, 55 home runs hasn't happened since A-Rod in 2002. And so, like, I saw people on Twitter acting like, 60 home runs is going to happen again, whereas, like, 700 will never happen again. But what Judge has done is still, like, very rare. Oh, it's crazy. It, it, so, it, like, oh, yeah. he, he, his peak is objectively better than, than anything that Pujols had in any season, I think, which I do think deserves some love. Oh, I was going to say, is Judge still leading the Triple Crown at this point? I know that was true last week at this time, but I haven't checked back recently. So, like, batting I'll average was Aiden's... the one, right, that was... Yeah, right, teetering on the edge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I, I'll look it up, Aiden. You say what you were going to no, say. No, I was just going to say that... Judge has always like, I feel like everyone has always seen him as a extremely unique power talent. He just hasn't stayed healthy a lot. Like if you look at his last couple of years, 2018, 112 games, 2019, 102 games, 2020, 28 games. Like those are, he's playing 60% of the season at most kind of thing. Um, and so this year when he's fully healthy and whatnot, we see exactly what he can do and it's absurd. So um, he's going to make crazy money this off season. If he continues to stay healthy, I'm sure he could contest, you know, or hit some of the big milestones like 500 or so. Um, but he is kind of old compared to some of the other guys. I think he's already hit 30, which is, you know, for a, for a baseball player is he's got 10, 11 years left, but, but still, um, this is his prime for sure. Yeah. No, and I think I always like imagine him to be younger because I always just forget that like baseball players kind of often debut like way later than any other sport because of the minors and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So Judge was a rookie in 2017, which means he was 25 when he 
like made his MLB right. debut, which is just like late compared to other sports and stuff like that. So it's too weird to think about. Also, Judge still is leading the Triple Crown in every stat. His batting average is .01 up on Xander Bogarts. But, well, let's go. So it's very, <laughs> very close. He's playing but, for a much yeah. more relevant team. So if there's a tie, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> I'll give him the, the tiebreak. Yeah, he's batting three fourteen. Bogarts is three thirteen. Um, and then he has got 23 more home runs than Mike Trout, who is the second most home runs. Um, <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> that is like one in terms of measuring the impressiveness of the stat. Um, I have not mm-hmm. gone back and measured this per year, but I think it would be interesting to see like how much the home run leader leads by uh, or the percentage mm-hmm. that they lead by. And this case is absurd. I mean, it's and in the NL too. I think the NL is mm-hmm. like I don't know if anyone's above forty or so. Um, I think that's kind of the top. So it's just such an absurdly high number more than the rest mm-hmm. of the leaders. Yeah, Schwarber for the Phillies is the highest in the yeah. NL, um, and he's forty-two. So he just like barely cracked four. Right, because with the crazy. steroid era, like all those guys, like Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, they were all doing the that the same years, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Like there's the famous, I forget what year it was specifically, where I think Sosa, Bonds, and McGuire all hit like over Maris's record. So yeah, uh-huh. yeah, that, I feel like that is a point in Judge's favor um, when you look at his peers. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned Trout, Lucas. Uh, to to Aiden's point earlier about whether Pools is the best hitter of the 21st century, I feel like Trout is the the best counterpoint to that mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i don't know t- like i didn't look too deeply into this but trout is better than him at batting average ops and home runs per at bat so mm-hmm. as far as at least, uh, as far as home runs go which is only one aspect of, mm-hmm. of hitting i'll concede i think trout is just a unicorn and mm-hmm. he deserves yeah. it but he also hasn't played as long as pool so let's see if you can sustain that yeah i don't think it's Oh, you know, I necessarily make an argument for him to be one of the better hitters. But I think Miguel Cabrera also yes. has an argument to be one of the better hitters of the 21st century as well. In my mind, I've always thought of Miggy as better. And I think yeah. that's because of the fact that Pools has fallen off so much. Even if when, you know, when I'm looking at Pools' stats these days, the fact that he still has consistently put up a lot of home runs is impressive. But he was totally off my radar because he was kind of an afterthought. He was on an afterthought mm-hmm. team. And he wasn't as dominant as he was with the Cardinals. Um, like Miggy was an all-star for all but two years from 2004 to 2016. Whereas Pujols has not been an all-star since 2010. Or I think he was he was an all-star this year, which was a little bit ceremonial. Um, and mm-hmm. also in 2015. But he's only, in the last 12, 13 years, he's only been an all-star twice. Uh, which is why I think the perception might be, in my mind at least, that Miggy has been a better hitter throughout his career. Um, but, but yeah, in terms of the, the final stats, Pujols at least has the uh, the longevity ones beating him. Although, Miggy won a triple crown. Mm. And Pujols is never going to do that. Miggy, so. that's, that's true. It's almost shocking that Pujols did not win a triple crown yeah. when you look at some of his no. stats from the like 2005 to 2010 era. They're absurd. Yeah. They're just absolutely exactly. absurd. And home runs, I feel like, was potentially the thing that he was short on because uh, some yeah. of his, like, averages during those years are just unheard of these days. When, like, the batting title these days is, like, 320, I feel like, or at least in the NL, mm-hmm. which is what I've been tracking, is around 
320 325 yeah. and there are very few guys over 300 as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Crazy. Watch him running back for a 23rd season and win the Triple Crown. <laughs> you never know. He's we'll going say. after Bonds' he, record, yeah. He's going to use this as motivation. How many, how many home runs would he have to hit next year? 55? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> to tie, yeah, no, to tie no, Hank no Aaron. Than, no, What's Bonds? To tie Bond? Hank yeah, Aaron. Yeah. Bonds is 62. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to hit 63 <laughs> next year. He'd break the individual and <laughs> the team one. Seems possible. Yeah. Modern medicine, <laughs> baby. Who knows what'll happen? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, I think with that, we can move on to our second segment. We're going to shift gears completely and talk about the NFL now. We're three weeks in. We've had some time to analyze which teams are good and on the other side of the coin, which teams are trash. So we're going to talk about, A, which teams we think are the worst in the league, and B, the teams that we think are the most disappointing so far. So, Wyatt, the floor is yours. Kick us off. Uh, The two teams I've selected, the Carolina Panthers and the Arizona Cardinals, in in the order. So I think the Carolina Panthers are the worst team in the league, and I think the Cardinals right now are the most disappointing team in the league, and we're going to start with them. Arizona coming into the season was already a mess. With the Kyler Murray contract, the Cliff Kingsbury drama, um, the the contract clause, of course, where where Kyler doesn't start study, but even on Kyler Murray's worst day, for what I feel about him, he's easily the second best quarterback in that division, right? At, at, at a bare minimum, that's his floor. Um, but they make the worst bend don't break defenses look phenomenal, and I'm sure that they're giving out game balls to all the teams, uh, for, because they put together <laughs> these long drives that result in barely any end zone finishes. I think that there was a point over the last couple of weeks where I took a 10 minute nap at the start of a Cardinals drive. And when I woke up, they still had the ball. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, I, I got to give them like a little slack because they don't have the beaver tranquilized, supercharged Deandre Hopkins on the outside, but <laughs> uh, so they're going to have to defer to AJ green and Zach Ertz, which would have sounded really good six years ago, but uh, uh-huh. they, <laughs> They have not been able to put together uh, successful drives at all, considering the level of talent that it may seem like they have. At least that they traded a first-round pick for Holloway and Brown. But the most disappointing part about it all is that the Rams and 49ers, although the Rams are 2-1, uh, and one, the 49ers and Rams have not exactly been playing well, so this would be the perfect opportunity for the Cardinals to start separating themselves from the pack or at least looking like the mm-hmm. best team in that division. And... It's not really happening. So it's a pretty big disappointment for me, especially now that he's a $250 million man. Mm-hmm. But for sure, yeah. uh, for the Carolina Panthers, this may be the wrong week because they had a what looks like a good win, a 22-14 win against uh, the New Orleans Saints. But I don't really think New Orleans is very good either. So I don't know if, how much you can take away. But Carolina has jumped from terrible quarterback play in Cam Newton to terrible quarterback play in Sam Darnold, to now really bad quarterback play in Baker Mayfield, who is on the edge of that mm-hmm. line of terrible. Uh, and, and Baker's just missing guys. Their offense has yet to really put together a handful of su- successful drives. DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey have not really found their footing in this offense. And, and Ben McAdoo, for the idiot he was in New York as a head coach, he is a good play caller. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a good offensive mind, and none mm-hmm. of the Ducks have gotten in a row and ultimately, I think that Matt Rule will be, will be fired before their bye week. So, the team that wow, this team book could it? have easily been yeah, I'll book it. 
This team could have easily been 0-3 next to the Raiders, and I think that if Matt Rule gets fired, it's just going to kind of derail everything from there. Mm-hmm. So uh, by the end of this year especially, they will be the worst team mm-hmm. in the league. But as of right now, I don't think that their record gives them enough credit for how bad they actually are. Well, I mean, Baker especially was even, like, they won this weekend, but he was pretty bad. He had a lower than 50% completion percentage. Mm-hmm. And like you said, Wyatt, he's just, like, missing guys left and right. And, like, this one feels more like an aberration to mm-hmm. me than, like, a sign yeah. of anything good to come. Yeah. Aiden? So, for worst team, I'm going to go with the Texans. I think the Texans are pretty straightforward as a <laughs> as a bad team. <laughs> you know, the Texans' schedule so far has been a who's who of disappointing or bad teams and or mm-hmm. uh, and you know they the Colts who they escaped with a tie against because neither team wanted to win that game neither team deserved to win that game the Broncos who tried extremely hard to lose that Texans <laughs> game uh, the mm-hmm. Bears who managed to beat the Texans despite an atrocious game from Justin Fields I mean he went eight for 17 with two interceptions uh, so so bad given that and given the fact that they're what Oh, two and one after all of that three games that potentially they could have won uh is, is a little <laughs> bit brutal uh you know davis mills he had a an okay rookie year <laughs> honestly better than a lot of the higher drafted rookies but he, he does not look like a long-term answer he has a 58 percent completion rate he's averaging around six yards per pass attempt and things are really only going to get worse if you look at their schedule they've got coming up next five weeks Chargers, uh, the newly elite Jags, yes. the Raiders who are hungering for for a victory, Titans, Eagles. Yeah. Like I don't really see them winning any of those games. It looks like no, five losses either. to me. Um, so even if like the Texans are are playing hard, I think they they just do not have the talent to compete here. But yeah, in terms of my most disappointing team, I'm gonna give it to a two and one team, uh, the Bucks. I mean, we covered last week in our power rankings. The Bucks' defense looks very good uh, per usual, but their offense just looks so, so bad. And I, maybe this is just the bitter Tom Brady fantasy owner coming out in me. <laughs> um, but, like, it's, ugh, it's they've scored three touchdowns total this year. That's absurd. I, I cannot, yeah. I almost can't fathom that, that the whole offense has managed three touchdowns over the course of the year. And yeah, they've played mm-hmm. okay defenses, the Cowboys, the Sound- Saints, the Packers, solid. Uh, but, and I, I understand they've had injury issues, but you know that when your receivers are Julio Jones and Chris Godwin, um, and Mike Evans didn't get injured, but got suspended. But, you know, like, you know, those guys aren't going to be there every game. Uh, they've mm-hmm. looked particularly concerning to me. You know, it's possible they turn it around, but Tom Brady does not seem to, to have the magic this year, uh, which is worrying like if there's if their offense is going to be as anemic as it was last week honestly i it's going to be a hard team to watch yeah absolutely i, I called it this off season when the uh all the drama about him semi-leaving rubbed his teammates the wrong way and it was a big deal. the chemistry's gone it was a big deal. let let kyle trask take these hits you know just <laughs> Put, put Brady in for the playoffs. Plus, Brady has a Veterans Day now. Like he he's off every Wednesday. Tomorrow is his day yeah. off. Yeah, exactly. He's telling exactly. all he's telling all his teammates to practice. Hey, hey today's my Friday, and yeah. everyone's getting, getting <laughs> such jealous of him. 
I saw a headline <laughs> last week that was like Tom Brady's showing up this week on his day off or something, and I was like, wait, <laughs> what? This is all <laughs> okay, made cool. up. Like <laughs> he made up the off day, and now he's showing up on it to make uh-huh. a point. I just this is ridiculous. Anyways, <laughs> next up, <laughs> L- Lucas, who do you got? All right, I'll start. I'll start with worst, and I think I'm gonna go. Uh, with the team that plays in the state all we all live in, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think we can all agree that I think their Week One win against an admittedly like not good Broncos team at this point was kind of a fluke. And across the board, the Seahawks are just one of the worst statistical teams in the league. Start with offense; they're 27th in yards per game and 29th in points per game. And on defense, they're almost equally as bad. They're 25th in yards allowed per game and 21st in points allowed per game. And just another set, if you want to throw it out there, turnover differential. They're 23rd in turnover differential as well. So in all of like the five major statistical categories that sort of aggregate stats across your offense and your defense, they're not in the top 20 of any of them. And I love Geno Smith as a guy, but I just think he's also one of the like the bottom least talented quarterbacks in the league at this point. And I don't think it's you know really evident that it could be anything other than that. And I think the team just doesn't have a lot of talent and they're deserving of the worst team in the league. And it's, I mean, that's kind of expected when they sort of mortgage their future or mortgage their present trading away Russell Wilson to get the future, all the picks and stuff like that. But yeah, it's been pretty bad this year. I wouldn't be surprised if like going forward, they win maybe, maybe two more games this year. Like, I mean, the NFC West again, hasn't been great, but they just do not look like they are very talented at all. So we'll see. Um, and then for most disappointing, oh, you were gonna say Aiden. Sorry, I was gonna like. Did you see that Geno Smith after the Broncos Week One win trademarked whatever quote he said in a post game interview that was <laughs> they wrote me that. off. <laughs> I ain't write them back though, uh, yeah, which is a uh-huh. great quote. Let's be clear, but I think it would be really uh-huh. funny if he trademarked it and then the Seahawks went one in sixteen. I'm kind of yeah, kind of hoping that happens, but anyway. I have so many questions about what's copyrightable and what's not. I didn't hear that. Copyright that. That's no. so funny. <laughs> yeah. I'll take intellectual property law at some point and let you know. <laughs> yes, please. It's a class. Um, and for my most disappointing, I'm going to go with the LA Chargers. Um, I just think that like they haven't necessarily been awful. Um, Justin Herbert was pretty good pre him taking that injury. But it's just been kind of downhill like all season. So... They started with a close win against an 0-3 Raiders team, which in retrospect looks kind of eh as a victory. Then a close loss to the Chiefs, which is understandable. But the Chiefs also have since lost to the Colts, so I still think the Chiefs are great, but you never really know. And then this past weekend, like, the wheels kind of fell off, where they got absolutely destroyed by the Jaguars. It was 38-10. Um, who, again, the Jaguars are better than expected, but still, to lose a game like that by mm-hmm. 28 points to a team that should not be beating you by 28 points is i think concerning um but again like i don't think it's a bad team but i think there were super bowl expectations for this team kind of going in and they've had a lot of injuries rack up and i think that absolutely plays a pretty big part in this but i think overall even once once justin herbert gets better i'm a little concerned about them actually being true contenders at this point yeah it's kind of frustrating with the chargers they have a very talented team it always seems like and yet they consistently kind of disappoint and this year more than ever the hype was there and they yeah i agree they have not lived up to it so far yeah i saw a tweet that was like no team has been more consistently talented but consistently like underperformed expectations than the chargers 
I mean, like, there's the classic 2010 team that was first in offense and yeah, first in defense yeah. and missed the playoffs. It's crazy. <laughs> An all-time stat. <laughs> Literally, like, yeah, the yeah. Stat. That's yeah. the probably, Yeah, it probably will not happen again for a long time. Honestly, though. Oh, yeah, no way. But you're right. I mean, the Chargers should be, theoretically, blowing out teams the same way that the Bills have the last couple. And maybe Keenan Allen is not as good as Stephon Diggs and, uh, and, mm-hmm. and all that. But Justin Herbert is what a lot of people consider to be one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. One of the three best three or four best in that division or that, I guess the AFC conference as a whole. And they have a five point victory against the Raiders and then two back-to-back losses. Like, I don't know. Like they, they gotta be, they gotta find ways to win. Like you said, and they're just not really, not really putting anything together here. It's just like, they're not like a bad team. They're just like, not winning games in the ways that they should be. And it's just like, I like, I have no faith in them to be like, to really put it all together at this point. Right. Love, love me some good week three or week four overreactions. We'll <laughs> see. Okay. Well, I'll go, I'll go last, I guess. And my two teams are the Jets and the Titans. Sorry, Aiden. Uh, but I do think, I, I don't think that the Jets are my actual like gut answer to worst team in the league, but I do think there's an argument for this. First of all, they're one and two, but they probably should be 0 and three. I mean, they, they won the game against the Browns, but they had a two touchdown lead with two minutes left and they somehow managed to blow it like a historic meltdown. So their, mm-hmm. their record again, somebody mentioned this earlier is, is not why it said this about the Panthers. Their record makes them look better than they are. Um, I love EPA as a, as a summary statistics, kind of like Lucas was saying about the Seahawks. The Jets are terrible on both sides of the ball. They're 25th in offensive mm-hmm. EPA, 24th in defensive EPA. The only other team that is close to being that bad on both sides of the ball is the Titans, which I will get to. Uh, the Jets' defense is a mess. You've got players arguing with the coaches. Like in the post-game interviews, they're literally talking about how our scheme needs to change. After three weeks, you're dissing your coaches. I think it's hilarious. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner is arguably the worst safety in the league. Uh, their D-line is, is a mess. They have terrible like sack rates, pressure rates. They played against the Bengals' offensive line. They gave up 13 yeah. sacks in the first two games, and then they got two sacks. So they made an awful offensive line look excellent. They made Joe Burrow look excellent, who had been pretty trash in his first two games. Uh, and, it, and it's just frustrating because their coach, Sala, is supposed he, like, he was a defensive guy when they yeah. hired him, and that hasn't translated. So that's the one thing. I think offensively, it's like a little more encouraging. Obviously, Zach Wilson hasn't played. Joe Flacco has been nothing to write home about. I think once Wilson gets in, it'll be better. Uh, and like people are saying, Garrett Wilson has shown a lot of flashes. He's an exciting receiver, yes. so that's a bright spot. Um, but still, it's a team that in their first and their third game, they scored nine points and 12 points. And there was one touchdown in those two games. Um, oh, and that touchdown was in garbage time, if I remember correctly. So mm-hmm. it, the offense is anemic. They have a bad offensive line. They give up a lot of sacks. Their running game is non-existent, although that's partly because they always are playing from behind, so on and so forth. It's just not encouraging. So I, I think they will get better when Zach Wilson is back. But right now, they have definitely looked like one of the bottom feeders. Wyatt, I apologize. I think at some point during the offseason, I said that the Giants were definitely going to be worse than the Jets. Well, we so just far. we just lost our first <laughs> that, game. That I, ain't this looking might good. Be a snowball I know. That, yeah, it might be a two, two and fifteen. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't you know, know what's gonna happen. But I don't know. The Jets. Yeah, it's really a, a race to the bottom here in New York. So or <laughs> we, New took Jersey, our, we took East our New Rutherford. York victory yeah. lap way too soon. <laughs> exactly. We should have waited a week. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, for the disappointing team, I, yeah, I, I I picked the Titans. I they were twelve and five last year. I remembered that they won the AFC South, and that's what I had written at first. I forgot that they literally were the first seed in the AFC last season. 
What a fall from grace. I mean, they're one and two right now, but they won in the battle for 0 and three against the Raiders by two points. So not really compelling. I mean, and then again, like I was talking about with the Jets, both sides of the ball, they're terrible. Like Ryan Tannehill has not looked like himself. Derrick Henry is averaging by far his fewest yards per carry in his season. They just lost Taylor Lewin, their best offensive lineman. Uh, people are saying literally to fire their offensive coordinator. And again, it's been only three games. So that's how you know it's bad. And then on defense, I'm not even going to get into the stats, but they like they give up a ton of yards. They give up a ton of points, so red zone appearances, things like that. So like, yeah, I think their defense is a little bit more of a bright spot. But once again, especially with EPA, one of my favorite stats on both sides of the ball, they are bad, bad, bad. And it's just weird because, like I said, they were the first seed last year. I don't know where this came from. Like, I don't think people were expecting them to be elite this season, but I definitely was not expecting them to be almost 0-3 in the first three weeks. So... Mm-hmm. That's frustrating for Titans fans. Hopefully they can turn that around. Yeah, and Ryan Tannehill looks awful. And you would hope that, like, oh, we have Malik Willis. We drafted what's supposed to be a first-round quarterback in the third round. Yeah, he also looks awful. So it's kind of, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what else are you going to do? And Traylon Burks, it's a lateral move from A.J. Brown. Well, A.J. Brown is having a fantastic season season, with the Eagles. (laughs) And Traylon Burks has caught, like, three total passes so far. I mean, it's all pretty (laughs) bad for them. I do think they'll probably go to Willis at some point, though, for the sake of seeing what they of have. Locking in the number oh, one really? pick. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's also a good point. <laughs> also appreciate the A.J. Brown shout-out. He deserves all the love that he can get, along with the rest of the Eagles. That whole <laughs> offense has been <laughs> so, yeah. As a Vikings fan, I would know nothing about that, but they seem like they've been good. <laughs> hey, the Vikings are good this year, too. You know? Mm-hmm. It seems. I don't know. The division aside is still up for grabs. Yeah, aside from playing the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, the division on Monday night, the, the operative term here is, yeah, on Monday yeah. night. you got to cut Kirk <laughs> Cousins some slack whenever he plays on Monday night. It's not real Kirk I know Cousins. it kills Jared because Jared thinks that it's an ESPN made-up stat. But the but the data is compelling. It's hilarious. The data is it's extremely is compelling. compelling. I agree. <laughs> That like uh, that one o'clock window is where he dominates. Anywhere else, he <laughs> he is frozen. Stop. Here's Eli and Peyton talking. He's like, oh god, <laughs> collapse. He's just gotta be like he's a morning guy, you know. So it's like one o'clock is still within his time frame, but it's like you get past that, and it's like he gets a little sleepy. Isn't he? Yeah, little yeah. isn't he very religious? You know, Sunday's the Lord's day. He doesn't want to be, you know, staying up late or playing on Monday. God forbid. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I will not tolerate this Kirk Slam. <laughs> top eight quarterback. We should re-rank our quarterbacks and see if he fits in the top eight again. Yeah, I wouldn't put yeah. I wouldn't put him there anymore. But it's okay. <laughs> um, okay. But anyways, speaking of prime time, let's move on to our last last segment of this episode here. You know what it is? Thursday night football predictions. This week we've got the Dolphins at the Bengals. Lucas, who you got? Uh, I'm gonna go Dolphins twenty eight, Bengals twenty two. Uh, I think it's a relatively close one, even though the Bengals. Um, have been turning around. I think the Dolphins' offense has been so good this year that there's no way they don't pull out the win again. I think Tua's looked really good. The wide receiver core is incredible with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I'm not convinced the Bengals' one win over the Jets is enough to show me that they're like in anywhere close to their Super Bowl-making form last year. Um, so I think with how good the Dolphins have been, especially after beating the Bills this past week, um, I think they'll you got a, a close win over the Bengals, so 28-22. I agree. Um, I am assuming Tua is going to play. I'll say that. 
um, with the whole like concussion thing, he mm-hmm. might not. And they're claiming his ribs are hurt or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, for me, the most compelling thing is the fact that the Dolphins just won against the Bills, who like I thought had a legitimate chance of going undefeated. Uh, the Dolphins are for real, clearly, and I know that it was like a hundred degree weather in Miami, so kind of, you know, anything goes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the argument that the Dolphins are traveling now after being exhausted in that game, but I still I agree that like the Bengals have looked better each week, but they also have seemingly played a worse team each week. So I'm still not mm-hmm. super sold on them. Uh, I was considering talking about them for most disappointing team too. So I I like the Dolphins here. <laughs> Similar score to Lucas. I'm saying 27-20. Wyatt. I was hoping Aiden would go first. Aiden, do you have something in mind, or are you on the fence? <clears throat> I'm on the fence. No, I have something in mind. I'm going Bengals. I, I think I, and I have a very similar score to Lucas Enbart, 28-21, but in the Bengals' favor. Yeah. The Dolphins need a heat check, okay? Yes, they're coming off a win against the Bills, but they were generally outplayed in that win. The Bills outgained them by almost 300 yards. And they also lucked out from the fact that the Bills' defense is missing guys. Their defense, the Dolphins' defense, allowed almost 500 yards against the pass-happy Bills. That bodes well for a Bengals team that, at its best, is very pass-happy um, and certainly was happier than usual this week in a you know dominant win against a contender, the Jets. Uh, so I think that given that the Dolphins are coming to Cincy with a quarterback who is, at the very least, shaken... I think the Bengals take this one. I think Joe Burrow has had a week of not being hit, and he's going to look good huh. in this game. Yeah, I've the whole time I've been listening, I've been so on the fence about who I wanted to pick for uh, for the Thursday night. Because I love the Dolphins. I picked the Dolphins mm-hmm. number three in the power rankings uh, mm-hmm. a week ago. Mm-hmm. I was very high on them. I think that their defense is legit. They have one of the best mm-hmm. offensive wide receiver tandem in the league. But this just feels like a game for me where the Bengals just randomly win one. Like, the, first of all, all white uniforms are coming out this week. The the white oh, helmets mm-hmm. and all that. The greatest uniforms in all of NFL coming out this week. Mm-hmm. And I just have a feeling that Eli Apple has two good games a year. And this is it. He's <laughs> Tyreek Hill called him out. This is this is one of the games, and the next game will be like week fourteen. You can book that. I, I'm gonna hope that comes out. Um, so I'm gonna pick the Bengals 34-31. I think it's gonna be really really close. I just I don't know. I got a weird feeling. I gotta go with my gut. Like the divisive ones. Is yes. is Jared still undefeated? If he were here, would he have been? I don't know. Going to be honest, not anymore. Jared has done had, over the last year had done such a good job of keeping track of all the stats that this is the one year that he hasn't done it entirely yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to go like Lucas did the first one, and then I think I wrote down the next two, and I got to now I have to do the math. So I can go send that to you too. If yeah, you want I'll take it. But so, I mean, Jared last week was doing long division on like <laughs> stats or whatever, and. Now, God forbid, I gotta go go in here and input all the stuff. Jared, that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, Jared's the only one who can do long. One of us, here, we're so not gonna say know. who. One of us did not graduate from Notre Dame. Somebody in this podcast did not graduate from Notre Dame. So, I mean, it's gonna take a little longer to get this stuff done. But we won't say who who did it, who who that was. We won't say. Okay. We would never expose you, Bart. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to call you out like uh, that. <laughs> I, 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 yes, I have something to admit. My diploma is fabricated. It's not real. But you know what is real? Your love for this podcast. And you're going to demonstrate it by giving us a five-star review, sharing with all your friends. 
Uh, as always, you know where to find us on social media. I actually don't think I'm going to bother telling you the handle because you know it by now. I know that you know it. And if you don't know, Thank ask you once a friend. Again. <laughs> because they're it's definitely also in the show notes too. <laughs> okay, well. Just in case you didn't know, it's in the show notes. So, but you know, I, I remember. It. I remember. It. Let me make sure that you remember. It. <laughs> Anyways, thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you back in the next episode where we'll be talking exclusively college football. See you there.